0: Hey, everybody, this is Linda Missigatis, and you're listening to An Unconventional Guide to Success, the show that talks about real life with real people for those of you who are interested in learning from others the steps they took on their journey towards success as defined by them.
1: Welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success. My name is Scott Montgomery, and uh, my co host Linda Missigatis is with us as well. Hey, everyone. Hello, Linda. Good to
0: see you today, Scott. Nice to have Ron in, the, Ron in the studio with us.
1: Good to see you as well. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited. Today we have Ron, Ron Cook, uh, one of our revered guests, to talk a little bit about his experience. And uh, um, I'll, I'll just dive right into his his bio.
0: Yeah. Jump in there, Scott. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited for this one. You've been talking about Ron for a while. so
1: Ron's a great guy. Thank you for joining us, Ron. I appreciate you being here.
2: Thank you for having me. It's an honor.
1: Ron Cook is a tech sales professional who was born and raised in Reston, Virginia. Currently, he is the managing director of the public sector practice at Memory Blue. They are a sales consulting firm that specializes in generating top-of-the-funnel leads for technology companies. He has been with Memory Blue for five years now. Before making his way into tech sales, Ron held multiple positions in the fitness industry. He was a personal trainer fitness manager and general manager across three different well-known facilities. After graduating from Herndon High School, Ron attended Old Dominion University where he obtained his bachelor's degree in psychology. After college, Ron was a bit, maybe slightly very lost according to his terms. As he navigated the (laughs) professional world, it became a true challenge for him. Discouraged by multiple corporate entry-level job rejections, Ron leveraged his love for fitness, sports, And people to break into the fitness industry. However, at age 25, Ron decided fitness was no longer the industry that would allow him to live the life he wanted. With little to no relevant experience in what he called hard skills, and in 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 the industry, an industry switch seemed like an uphill battle. Luckily, Mm -hmm. Ron is the proud owner of an open mind. Glad to hear that, Ron. You're open minded. Yes. (laughs) Curious spirit, and has few key interpersonal has. And it has, has a few, I could trip this up, <laughs> interpersonal <laughs> skills that allowed the right people into his life at the perfect time. When he stopped asking himself, what are my skills, and began asking, what can this relationship take, where can this relationship take me, things began to unfold for Ron in the very best possible way. In his spare time, Ron enjoys working out, learning about new and innovative technologies, and teaching himself new skills some current hobbies of ron's include cooking cheap watch collecting and wine tasting welcome to the show ron sorry yeah, i tripped welcome. up a few of the sentences i'm not a good no reader. it's
2: fine I, <laughs> I, I was i was when I was, I was like helping like myself like delete it and do the whole like you know uh what do you call it um autocorrect those kinds of things so yeah. i yeah. was tripping up writing it so don't worry <laughs> no you, it, it's, it's such hard
0: a, to write about yourself right i is. mean it's hard to like trying to encapsulate about that it's hard to to do that not every you know it's it's that's challenging to write your bio
1: it was funny it was funny when i was doing the audiobook i was actually reading words that weren't on the page in order to read the book. And I'm like, wait a <laughs> minute, why Why did I just say these words? They're not even in front of me.
0: <laughs> so Now's not a good time to rewrite the book.
1: Oh yeah. God, don't even go there. <laughs> don't even go there. Okay. Well, one of the reasons I wanted Ron on the show today and part of my bio for Ron is I have found uh, great delight, joy and passion in watching his growth these past five years. Um, Ron was an integral part of one of the chapters of the book that talked a little bit about coaching, Resilience and leadership, and I am so fortunate that every year Ron sends me a text around where he's at in his career on the anniversary of wherever it is he is, based right. on some conversations we had many years ago, and based on a few of the changes that um, I was able to offer advice that helped him move his career forward. So I'm super excited you're here, and there's you know a connection in that that is why you're a guest today, and so um, with that i thought we would just start diving into some questions that might relate to you know ron and what's going on with ron absolutely so so, um one of the first questions i have here is what did you want to be growing up and how has that changed to who you are today
0: Wait a minute Scott. No, no. I'm sorry. I don't, want to, do I don't want to do it. The first question that we have, we have an icebreaker, Ron, so uh, we can get okay. you relaxed, okay? This is why I'll, this I'll do is whatever. why why don't let Scott um uh, Scott uh, do the lead? So <laughs> he just changes my script all up. So um,
2: <laughs> You guys got a script? Now,
0: <laughs> of course we have a script. An you think this show is like free okay. <laughs> Um no, he, listen, Scott was going to try to bypass this but he doesn't get to so So we like to start out with an icebreaker. of, If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why would you choose that?
2: Any cartoon character. Um, Who is it's either Tom or Jerry? Who's the who's always going after the cat is always. I think the cat Tom is always after Jerry. Tom is
0: always after Jerry. Yep, always yep. after
2: Jerry. Yeah, yeah, I want to hang out with Jerry. Yes. That guy knows how to figure stuff out.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's a you good one. You talk about
2: perseverance and resiliency. Yes. That mouse, he's still alive. Yes, that cat's been yeah. hunting him for hundred years. So, I would definitely <laughs> want to. Uh, I would definitely want to hang out with Jerry.
0: I like that. That's a good, good one. My dad used to love watching Tom and Jerry, never understood it, but that was that was his cartoon was Tom yeah. and Jerry. So that's That great.
2: actually that's makes sense. That's a good sense. one. And I
0: like the reason.
1: Yeah. Knowing, yeah. R- knowing Ron, that makes sense. There's resiliency. <laughs> There's the feeling yeah, of sticky situations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's <laughs> totally. a good one. I like that for sure. All right, Scott, go ahead. Now you can ask the serious questions. All right. Well, <laughs> well, actually,
1: Linda, I think in the past you've also said what you would like and who you would want to hang out with.
0: Well, I have. Yeah. And, you know, I do. Um, I kind of have this mischievous side to me. I've always been that person who always does what they're supposed to do and do the, the right thing type of thing. And um, so my favorite character to hang out with would be Deadpool because um, even though he's like, he's considered a superhero, yep. <laughs> but how he does it and what he does um, is, uh, is clearly not uh, following the right way of doing things. But what I like about it is he is completely authentic to who he is. Like he doesn't pull any punches. He is who he is. And I, and I like that about him because it, it kind of has that reflection on self. So
2: I have to agree. He's a results guy. He's not a process guy.
0: He is. he, And he's not a, uh, if you don't like his method, then don't hang out with him. He's completely okay with that. Yeah, he speaks so, what's um, on his you, mind. You got to appreciate that. Comfortable Says what's in on his, own his skin. mind.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. No. So I think that that's one of my favorites. But all right, Scott, I'm going to ask you yours anyway. I know it's going to be. Uh, you but do. But and you, it's funny, Ron
1: should say comfortable in his own skin is actually pretty funny. Because my guy is the Incredible Hulk. ah ironic i very ironic my i want to hear this one why well i just love i love the the science behind his um cool and calm demeanor and the way he kind of approaches things until he has to come in hot to get it done (laughs) and that change and that conversion of uh the power of just you know turning into the hulk is just fascinating to me and definitely correlates with my style often you know, come in hot and get. Things and well, done. you know
0: what I like about that, Scott. I've been thinking about this a little bit with um the fact that that's you know that that the Hulk is the guy. Hulk also doesn't like when he turns into the Hulk, right? Like he, it's not really like he's that's oh, not his comfort. Um, and I it. and that's yes. yeah, and that's not your comfort either. Like I watch you get very uncomfortable when it does turn into like all of a sudden you you've at that place where you've escalated now you and that's not your comfort area your comfort area is, is right. here you know it's like and um and i think that um you know when you think about um the personality differences um that that actually the more you've talked about that and i've uh, you know kind of just reflected on it the more <laughs> it makes more it makes more and more sense all every time yeah, so, that, well, does, yeah.
1: that, that is true that is true actually um and yeah, yeah. As far as much as I come in hot, I try not to,
0: right? Yeah. And you right. don't like it either. No. Like you're not comfortable in that area. That's not you. Not your area. Hulk smash is not your no. uh, favorite
1: place to no. be. No, so. different chemistry. <laughs> it's a whole different, I'm uncomfortable in that totally skin, but different. I get that skin. Yes. I think the point yes. is though, is that he can, if he has to. Yes, exactly. That's right. Yes, yeah. That's right. Yeah,
0: no, it's very true.
1: What a good icebreaker, Linda. Wow. I'm so glad you went back and made us do that. Thank well, you, you know, for that. Well,
0: you know, I know you can't skip the icebreaker. You got to do the icebreaker. That's right.
1: <laughs> but I thought it was such a, I just love to dive right in with Ron. I see, I, when I see I know Ron you do. at the gym. It'll be literally like, hey, how are you? And tell me what's going on with your life. We go right yeah. in,
2: don't we, Ron? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like mid-set. And yeah. I, I, I know what to do. I know the drill. I'm taking out the earbuds. All right. Yeah, yeah that's right. We're- we're- no, <laughs> next time, Ron, you,
0: you have an icebreaker. And next time you stop him and you say, no, we're going to do an icebreaker first. And, um, and you may, yeah, reel him back in. Yep. Um, so, you know, that, that way he just doesn't come in. So, totally.
1: so- Ron's just going to go the other way. <laughs> He's just going to yeah, say, right. oh, I see Scott. <laughs> I'm not <going> that way. <laughs> That's
0: right. Exactly. Oh, too funny. But I did all right I, Scott, I did want to get ahead. I did want to
1: get to this, Ron. I, I'm very curious. You know, what what did you want to be growing up and how has that changed
2: from who you are today? Is such a good question for you. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I, I love that question. I'm still like trying to figure out what I want to be when I do grow up, grow up, you know. Um, so I I think when I was, you know, when I was a a child and you know, adolescent, um, and I am kicking myself still at at thirty thinking about this. I never really had something that I was like, I want to be that, and I I was very much, um, you know, I I wanted to be an NFL player, want to be an astronaut, space cowboy, um nothing really like like an like oh i want to be like an engineer or yeah. um it's funny i i brought i brought that up because in my 6th grade picture in my yearbook it says nba pl- i i say i when i that was the question when i grew up i want to be in the nba or an engineer cuz i think oh, my dad said like put engineer or something i had no <laughs> idea and I'm i sorry. you know it's um it, it it's a it's a good question for me cuz i think I, I didn't think about it as much as maybe other kids did, or maybe Mm -hmm. I should have, but, um, then again, I'm, I'm not too mad at it because I'm finding that my success is a bit unconventional as you might call it. And it was never a plotted, uh, linear line. So I'm, I'm enjoying that ride.
1: That's
2: That's fantastic. I love that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know what? Maybe that's part of the problem is we put too much pressure on kids to figure out what do you want to be when you grow up? How do you know what you want to be? And to your point too, when are you grown up? At what point do you say, okay, I guess I have to stop learning. I have to, this is now the, you know, the course that's been charted for me that I have to take. And so I think that it's great. Kids should think about, I want to be an NBA player, an NFL player, an astronaut, a truck driver, whatever they want to be? They should be all of those things. Um, And then take that journey through life to kind of figure out what their path is, because who the heck knows what you want? to be? I don't think there are very few people who I think said, I want to be a doctor. And that's the, that's the course they charted and they took every step. You know, I think those are those few individuals out there. The rest of us are all floundering around. We have no idea what it is we really want to be when we grow up. So
1: we'll get there. Yeah. Well, I we think, will. Well, I and like I think that's the wrong away. Yeah. And, and Ron brought that up. He maybe wasn't as, um, you know, uh, pointed and just answer the question. What I'm finding is that unconventional in this inquiry of having written the book and the podcast and talking to people and paying attention to this, unconventional seems to be more conventional, truthfully. Yeah. The yeah. unconventional path For those who are linear and going to be doctors and going to wake up one day and be an engineer or an NBA player or inherently something they were put on this earth to do is actually the unconventional path.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: It's really interesting to unpack that, which is part of why we're doing what we're doing, right? To learn about...
0: Because we minimize that, right, Scott? I mean, we minimize the idea that um, we think that conventional is the norm and unconventional isn't. And I think what, what you've really kind of tried to unpack through all of this is that... Just what you said there. Unconventional is probably far more normal than the conventional path that most people took that, you know, how many of us really set out to end up where we are right now? Um, Probably most of us didn't. So
2: it's the less celebrated too. a hundred percent, Very
0: much the less celebrated. There's
2: not as many accolades on the unconventional path and there's not as much stuff to, I would say, uh, write your, write your story on a resume. It's it's has to be more lived and experienced, so yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, it's more common that it's unconventional by our terms, but um, I, I think what we live in a world where we shine a light on the you know graduated Harvard top Harvard Law top of the class went to the yeah. most prestigious uh, law firm is now a managing partner at the law for, like we celebrate those things and it's yeah. you know not that it shouldn't be celebrated, but um, we don't say asterisks. This is highly abnormal, right? Yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah. I I totally agree. And
1: the perseverance and work of that, while incredible, so is that of being nimble and finding your Mm -hmm. way. And, and, you know, for me as a creative, as more of a creative personality, I just love to explore what the next chapter is going to be. And I've been fortunate to find success in that exploration. And I think that is an unconventional mindset for most, they've got I to put this. So that's where the word "unconventional" is really, for me, locked in on this notion of you know nine to five, raise your kids, be with your grandkids, die. And really, I would love yeah. to be an astronaut at sixty. You know, maybe that's maybe, that's, maybe right. it's time for me to dust off my basketball and become that NBA player. I am six feet, yeah. so it is possible that you are. I'm I can also, test. I'm also <laughs> way too overweight, but I could do it. I could get
2: there. <laughs> Nothing's stopping you.
1: Nothing's stopping me. Stop me you know, so that's, yeah, that's right. But it's no. nice to to tickle on that notion a little bit too. And as far as that goes, Ron, and it's, relationships and partnerships are clearly important to your line of work and what you're doing now at Memory Blue. How do you define the two and what role do they play in your day to day? Partnerships that's and you. relationships. Yeah.
2: Yep. Okay. Partnerships and relationships. So um, partnerships, I would say, I, I would say that the delineation between the two is the foundation. So for example, a partnership I, for me is this, the foundation of this is rooted in business and rooted towards an objective cause mm-hmm. and a relationship or friendship, if you will, might be formed along the way, but it's not necessary for it to be successful within the scope of a partnership. Now, a relationship to me is it, it can have that partnership aspect, but there are some elements that have to be there as well for for me for it to be a relationship. And that is, you know, hey, how how are you doing? Are you you know how are you feeling? Having those conversations that have nothing to do with the um, and those are the primary conversations. So if I take a step back um, and flip it around, a partnership, a business partnership may form out of that, but it is not the basis of a relationship where it's two individuals or two groups that will, that understand each other and value each other's presence in any capacity, regardless of any monetary or objective acute gain per se. Um, It is, it is simply a social contract that both Parties go into without the expectation of return in the end. So, I'm lucky enough to have it have it have had experience both both in my outside life, my work life, um, and I'm really grateful for that. So. I don't know if that was too wordy of an explanation. I, no, I try no, to get no. things right, but <laughs> well, how do they no, play? Don't
0: try and get it right. Just say what you think. No, this is great. <laughs> yeah, and really, I really like yeah. the
2: notion.
1: If I may just ex- extend on that, Linda, just for a second. Yeah, the way I define partnerships and relationships is very much on point. And the other reason I, the other reason I wanted to clarify something is, for example, my wife and I started in relationship. I cared mm-hmm. more about her and how she's doing and what she's going, and then we've moved it to business, partnership, and relationship. So at work, what are we doing to move the ball forward? And at home, how do you feel about it, is an interesting dichotomy between my wife and I at work and, and at home. We started the business after we had the, the relationship. The interesting thing about Linda and I is that we started in partnership. We started in a place of how can we move the fall ball forward in business? And now I actually care. How are you, Linda, as a friend? How do you mm-hmm. feel? What's going on? And we married that from a different perspective. And so business relationships and partnerships for me are interchanged and they have different levels of importance on, and involvement on both. You know, so Caitlin and I are clearly in different relationship as parents and husband and wife than Linda and I as friends. But the how do you feel came about in two different ways and both mm-hmm. in partnership and business as well. So yeah. what you describe is actually really well, I think, and what you've talked about yeah. in, in those yeah, two variations. How does it play a day to day for you though? Like what, where in there, is there any kind of mapping for you in your relationships and, and partner in and business and
2: partnerships or? I, I think so. I, you know, I will ask certain sets of questions or be overly curious about certain things, depending on if I myself deem it a partnership or a relationship. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I like to think I'm all about genuine interaction. So if that means, if I see this as a partnership, you're going to know. And um, I, you know, maybe I could be a little softer. Maybe I could be a little more like, Hey, like, I uh, was vacation? All right. Anyway, let's, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that ability to at least try to, you know, spark the rock for a relationship that, helps a partnership move forward in my eyes. And then on the relationship side of it, I I honestly try to wall off or completely not block, but I make it well known, like, Hey, like I'm like, I'm speaking to you as the other half of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And there have been many times in, in, in my role, like currently where I've had to shut one side or the other off to just Mm -hmm. be a human and that served me very well you know that that served me as well so um i think i will act and behave and speak in a certain way depending on who i'm talking to whether it be a relationship or someone i'm in a relationship or a partner mm-hmm. um but there's always a possibility that i'll sprinkle in a little bit of the other one too
0: mm. yeah no, I like that. Well, and I would imagine that, given the the path that you have taken, that that somehow. Uh, integral in your life this whole relationship partnership so to choose personal fitness um, to go into uh, you know even um, to be an athlete and then now what you're doing even on this um, uh, technology side of the house all of those are very relationship driven roles like you have to be good at developing partnership relationships to really kind of um, uh, excel in those areas so when you think about that like why what formed that for you like why why Why, you know, was that important in in growing up? Like what kind of set that path for you to to seek that out?
2: So I'm understanding to seek out relationships and... and...
0: Yeah, like you chose these careers um, that were, they chose you that are very focused in on this relationship partnership type of model. So like, what was it that made you, you know think, gosh, this is important to me. This is the path I want to go. Because you could have taken a different path, right, and gone to something that was more, um, didn't require as much on the relationship partnership side that was more, um, you know, individual. Um, but it, you didn't, because every, every job that, that you've had based off of your bio is all focused in around the human connection.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think I mentioned it a little bit in my bio. I, I quickly recognize a lack of what I call hard skills and I didn't learn what soft skills were yeah. really until I met Scott and Interesting. it's, it, it's weird looking back. I learned, I I don't know if I learned it, but I definitely was thrown into the game when, in, in terms of relationships and partnerships, when I met Scott, because Scott, it started as kind of both. And you know, I I remember I look I think back five years and I was very much uh, end game focused. Mm. So, what that what I mean by that is, I was always thinking, what can I gain for myself from this relationship? And I think that mindset okay. itself, yeah, it, it's an oxymoron. Now it's not a relationship. Yeah, um, it's disingenuous. And I met Scott, and at first I was like what am I doing here? I, I love talking to this guy. And yeah. I like the questions he asked me. And I like how he makes me think. And what I came to realize was, not Scott. There's a lot of people out there, but not yeah. many like like Scott. He's kind of one of, yeah. one of his. He one is of, kind one of a one of
0: kind. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> and, but
2: but, what he, but to, wrap, to wrap that thought up, he kind of taught me there, there's a lot that can be gained. From having a conversation with someone without thinking you're getting something from it, yeah. and I started practicing that, and I realized this is easy. I can do this. Oh, I can yeah. talk to people. Yes. Yeah. And, and and when Scott came, and I started to to like our Scott and I's relationship began to crescendo, if you will. I started yeah. to realize, uh, oh, if I'm, I'm now I'm starting to get stuff from this. I'm starting to learn things. I'm yeah. starting I'm starting to be yeah. tangible. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. I thought it was all transactional. Yeah. I didn't understand that it was, okay, you can form a relationship that turns into an opportunity right. and maintain the relationship at the same time. So to answer your question, I think um, once I realized that I had an ability to connect with people and that took such minimal effort. The, the profit margins on being able to connect with people is, are massive.
1: Huge. Yes, 100%. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Music. Yeah. So to any, music, I just did
2: that a lot. Music to any yeah. of our listeners' ears. What, say that again. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, I'll say it again. The profit margin on the ability to connect with people, sky high, 100%. Costs you Love nothing it. but could mean the world to you. If I, who knows? If I didn't stop and have that conversation, that first one was Scott. Maybe I'm yeah. still a personal trainer. I don't know. Butterfly effect, right? Blood. Yeah, it's, it's something to mull over.
0: now, and one of the I things that, that I would
1: just caveat that that comes up for me when you talk about that is I remember our first conversation, and you, you had you had you started it. You said, "Hey, I see you in here often. You know, I'm a personal trainer. Maybe there's opportunity. You know, I do this and that and for, uh, other thing for the living." And I was so um, enchanted by your uh, approach, other than that of other you know personal trainers that I knew for a hot second, there was no way I was hiring you as a personal trainer, but I wanted to unpack you more. I wanted to hear yep. a little bit more about what you had to say. And I was, I was enchanted. It's truly the word. And then as we got to talking, one of the other things you said to me that was fascinating and you, in your mindset, you were locked and loaded that you were not of any value past the function you were performing at the gym. Yep, And that function was what your friends put you in the box of and I remember you saying no one's ever I forget the exact words but the and you can validate this or, or confirm it or deny it but no one ever really took the time to tell me I was something better than this. No mm-hmm. one ever really took mm-hmm. the time to introduce concepts. And these things were just like opening the door for us to have a, a, become friends and unpack That's all awesome. this. And the thing that I right. love about Ron is that he took it and he ran with it. And now he's five times his salary. He's got more than I have in connections. He, yeah. He's got his act together and the world is his. Unlike that mindset yeah. of sort of being locked and loaded into a function of, do I get it? Do, am I going to make 50 bucks an hour off this guy at the gym? Because I see him a lot and he could really use some help with his training because he's a fat slob, but yeah. I see him in here trying all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's how we describe you
0: often. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just
1: of late,
2: that's how that goes.
1: But, you know, also yeah. 55,
2: I don't care. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing I'll say about that too is, and this is a really quick thought, you know, one thing that I will for be, forever grateful that you did for me scott was i think you understood i was affected a lot by and needed a lot of external validation instead of giving me that our conversations kind of taught me how to give myself internal validation which was brand new to me yeah and that is kind of what set me off on this on this path that i'm on now so formally thank you i think i've said it a million times now but that that's kind of the that's kind of the the encapsulation of of the value i got which is you know could be infinite you know so and 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 thank you for that
1: and you never need to thank me again because you've given me a front door seat to that and and the love affair i have with ron on this subject is just infinite and powerful and that's why i quoted you in the book because for our listeners and for paying it forward What you're talking about is what the next generation of leaders needs to put into their equation more than anyone will ever recognize or tell you. These are not what you called soft skills, Ron, and I'm adamant about this. Mm. These are called leadership skills.
2: And being self aware and
1: having the confidence and reaching out to someone and taking of that what they can give or offer you, and you in return offering and giving what you can is the start of something big and communicating mm-hmm. effectively goals and habits, doing where your your lane makes you feel good is so much of what's lacking in business today, especially in a world where people think they have to deliver a skill or get their doctorate or become a medical doctor mm-hmm. to get the accolades of being successful. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, yeah. you, for me, just define success. And that is so important for the next generation so thank you for being here and continuing to share that story and allowing me to put it in a book that is in perpetuity you know but this is such a this is really why i wanted you here because you open that up really fast and i look how excited i get i don't know (laughs) how i don't know how and it's not about your thanking me at all it's about that light it was so awesome to see you realize your own value when someone actually started paying attention to something, and opening the door to other than your task that day, you're mm-hmm, human. Right. You're yeah. human, and people need to bring that to the table. Vulnerability and susceptibility is a leadership skill, and I just wanted to highlight mm-hmm. that. I get excited. No, yeah. I'm glad you're here for that message really good point. because yeah, you're you're really one of my favorite stories as i ventured into this ron and i met at about the time i got certified as a leadership coach okay so i was i was i was dancing in the skill of coaching leaders and finding success in my own business and also i liked ron so how do we make a friendship out of that and what's that going to look like and we managed to figure it all out it's fascinating to me i love it
0: oh it's really good. Well, it speaks to all of the yeah. yeah. Well, and it speaks to the things that you've uh, really kind of been highlighting, right, Scott, throughout this journey is around coaching, mentoring, relationship, partnership, and also you know smattered in on all of that is also self care, um, because you made the connection at the gym, right. which is your um, you know that's your safe space yes. of trying to kind of uh, come back and back. reset yeah. and center and find all of that. So it's interesting how all of those things together kind of intersected um, to help create this opportunity relationship that the the two of you have delivered or developed. And now thinking about how you're trying to take that out and teach others to really kind of incorporate uh, that into their... You know their day-to-day interactions because i think you know what you said ron was very powerful in that you know looking at making those connections only with the intention of what do i get out of this yeah um versus making those connections with no intention of getting anything out of it And yeah um and how much more you've gotten in return uh, and i've always been a big believer of that if you put good into the universe the universe gives good back.
1: So. well and i think for me one of the reasons i wanted to write the book is i like ron had no direction. I also had dysfunction. I also had insecurity. Yeah. I also started in debt. So I had all the yeah. how did you possibly get out of this mess? And it yeah. is 100% because I was open and susceptible and vulnerable and executed on valuable relationships. So yeah. and yeah. I also hired a coach and and they helped me walk through this. So I paid to play and I brought all these things to the table and Ron really encompasses all of that. And I really, yeah. for himself, he really did. I was just a component of that,
2: that allowed him yeah. to take it and run with it. Right. No, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I completely, yeah, that, and I, I don't even know what was happening. Yeah, it was yeah, just, it was more of like my first adult relationship
1: yeah. where,
2: I'm like, <laughs> where I'm like, what is like, why does this guy want me to have lunch him at his office? It's, it's never happened. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, that, that kind of like opened the door for me to like, okay, well, maybe. Maybe it is valuable to learn how to like, I guess, attain and manage and cultivate, you know, mm-hmm. adult relationships and, and make sure that they, you know, are, are nurtured because, yeah. you know, you're not too old to make friends, Ron. Like the high school kids are still going to be there. Yeah. Love right. to yeah. death, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's
0: right. Well, and that encompasses a growth mindset, you know? So, I mean, that's really being able to look at it and think about that, um, that growth side of it, because you could have said, um, you could have taken a different approach and, and wondered like, why is this guy wanting me to go, what does he want from me? And you mm. could have turned away from that. Right. So you could have said, well, I'm not going to go have lunch with him. Um, and, and really kind of walked away, but instead you took a chance I, you and know, it's, you it's took that risk. A, what you else
2: know? do I got going on? Yeah. Jim's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like... No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what (laughs)
2: else am I going to do?
0: Yeah, no, I love it. Well, you walked through the door, you know, I think Scott, you opened it, but, um, but Ron, you had to walk through it. And, um, and I think that that's, uh, you know, a testament to the importance of taking advantage of those opportunities yes. when they are there because yes. how many times in in our lives scott did, did you i know i did i missed it where a door opened and i did not recognize that the door had been opened and i didn't walk through it and i look back and i think gosh i wonder what would have happened if i would have taken that opportunity and gone ahead and walked through it um maybe my path looks different right if i did that do you know so, what's funny? I mean, no regrets or anything but just observation you know?
1: but do you know what's funny about that linda f- for me there isn't a door i didn't try and open there i actually have no regrets (laughs) well why
0: does that not surprise me it's it's
1: also why we're here today right like literally literally i have yeah i have not won what could have should have been and that's part of what i wanted to talk about right you get in front of it i like it. it's not yours to lose if you tried it just was never meant to be if it doesn't happen you know, yeah, and
0: yeah, no, Ron didn't have true. to show
1: up here for lunch. Ron didn't have to say yes to this podcast. You know, all yeah. those different things could happen. And I will also say, trust but verify is in there. Ron was at the gym. I saw him consistently. He wasn't some weirdo on the street. Right. His goals <laughs> and self-care and habits were very similar to mine. And there was a consistency that allowed for a basis. So yeah. it's not like I just yeah. walked into Giant one day Which at the action. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And and so there was also a selection process inherent to me that it made sense sure, to pay it for forward sure. to yeah. this nice guy who was trying to pay it forward to me and his own skill set too. Just yeah. Just in full disclosure, people shouldn't just run around knocking on everybody's random doors, but I've had yeah. many people <laughs> knocking on my door that I've had come to my office that I mentor that I can't have relationships with either, nor do I continue the mentoring because yep. they just don't quite get it for me. Yep. So it is a two-way yeah. street. Yeah. 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 No,
0: it has to be rewarding on both sides. I mean, uh, to your point, it's like, I don't think that we're implying in the conversation to your, um, to I think what you were saying there, Scott, is that, you know, you go knocking on every door, you walk through every door, right. and you just talk to every random person out there, there's got to be a reason, right? right. You see something, um, there's the stars align in a, in a way that makes sense. And so, um, but you got to recognize when that happens and then take advantage of it. And I think that's what often gets missed is the recognizing it and taking advantage of those opportunities, exactly. um, you know, frequently kind of just gets, that, that's where we miss. So.
1: Exactly. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so next, no, let's like moving, it. moving us along, Ron, and for the sake of time, coaching can sometimes, sure. coaching can sometimes feel a little bit like counseling. How do you find people to trust with your inquiry? And further, how do you incorporate coaching, mentoring, or advice from others into your life and career path? Surely, I'm not the
2: only one that you're appreciating. Yeah. What was the first part of the question? I like started to answer in my head the
1: last part. That's okay. Part. No, no, coaching, coaching can sometimes feel a bit like counseling. And I'm really yeah. particular around coaching being a an inquiry tool set, right? So coaching, counseling, you know, they can feel a little bit like advice giving. How do you, here's the question: how do you find people to trust with your inquiry, inquiries in general? And further, how do you incorporate mentors, coaches? coaches coaches rather and advice from others into your life and career and then all I was saying is don't use me as the example but who yeah. who else and how else do you get that yes
2: i've been I, i've been wildly i've I, when i think about it from the relationship standpoint and the coach and mentor and leader standpoint i've more or less hit the absolute lottery um i had a manager when I started here as a sales development representative that she she was not going to let me fail. She took pride in my success, which I kind of leveraged to get better. And I, I was not good. (laughs) when I started, I was horrible. (laughs) Um, and she was like, ah, but you got it in you. And she helped bring it out of me and I'll be forever grateful for that. And then, you know, later on in my career, I, you know, I've worked with other leadership coaches here at Memory Blue um, that have been instrumental in my ability to manage and lead people because that is not a skill that, that's not a natural skill someone has, especially on the management portion. Leadership, you have qualities, but for management, that is more of a, that's more of a skill set that you have to develop. So in terms of, you know, the coaching, on my part, the people I've trusted the most Mm. are the ones that didn't necessarily dismiss the questions I was asking. Um, for example, uh, something that makes my skin crawl is hearing like the answer to my question be, I'm not so sure you're asking the right question. And I'm like, I, Mm. some people that works, it makes them think for me, I'm very analytical Uh, an objective. So when I'm asking a question, I've thought about it. So unknowingly, when I hear that, it's like, you are kind of dismissing everything that I like, all my thought, my thought process going into this. So when I see someone being open to my questions, whatever they may be, and asking me more about how I got to that question, or what are my thoughts on the question, because they know I've answered it in my head. And if they've, And if they're willing to hear me out on my, you know, kind of my general makeup of an answer, Mm -hmm. that for me is like the ultimate form of trust or the ultimate form of, hey, like I'm going to be a good coach or I'm going to be a good mentor. Um, Because a lot, what a a mistake I see a lot of is instead of taking the, meeting the person where they are, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of mentors and coaches have this playbook that they will try to shove someone into. And it has to work, right? Huh. It has to you have to ask these questions. But if you're not meeting someone where Just they me. are, yeah, the first step it doesn't like there's no foundation, there's no base. And all the mentors that and leadership coaches I've worked with, they've always met me where I am. They've never dismissed my thoughts or emotions. They've never told me you shouldn't like this isn't that big of a deal. They met me where I am, so that comes in a lot of different forms. But I think that would be the, the first thing to answer your question, Scott. Fantastic answer!
1: I love it. I love that yeah, answer. And you have hit the really jackpot. Good. If people aren't, uh, if, if if yeah, you're lucky to. I'm I'm really happy for you in that regard too, because you've hit the jackpot with not having the negative experience. And there are opportunities mm. in this this realm of leadership to get negative. Tell, absolutely. Tell you what to do experiences. Yeah that's awesome
0: well I like what you were saying too that um, because I think that that's the turnoff sometimes why people move away from the you know the coaching and the mentoring side is that um, that the, you if if it is approached in just this scripted here's the box um, and here's the questions and here's how we how we approach it versus let me get to know you and understand <laughs> and to your point meet you where you're at yep. now you're going to get so much more out of that on both sides because I'm not just assuming you're just like anybody else um, in your, you know, your age, your demographic, wherever you are in your state of life and determining, okay, well, here's now the path I'm going to take you on. Um, I'm still going to let you take the path you're on um, or the path you want to be on. And I'm going to hear what you have to say and help guide you along that, um, not try to put you in the box that's going to take you where I think you need to go type of thing. Yeah, so that was really I th- great.
2: I think a lot of to add to that i think a lot of uh, like the leadership any any position of leadership any position of management or coaching or mentoring the first thing you have to tell yourself is this is a this is a responsibility mm-hmm. it is not a it is not something that's inherently mine and you have a responsibility to make sure that you are not forcing anything and that you are yeah. guiding and you're not not necessarily I don't know what the word is, but I would say forcing people into a self-serving aspect. And that's what drew me to Scott. And I will bring Scott up. Sorry. Again, Um, (laughs) I knew like this guy just loves talking to me. I'll take Mm -hmm. it. And I do. And what's interesting about it is he met me where I was. Yeah. He asked me the right questions. He was like, all right, read this, read the alchemist. Think about what makes your heart sing. I don't even know what that, at the time, no idea what that meant. And then as that coaching formed, I would give him silently, I would give him more permission to steer my boat as the Mm, rapids got mm -hmm. a little bit crazier. So that, so I think people skip that part where they get the buy-in from the relationship forming and they're saying, oh, you should just be doing this. What are you you talking about? Um, And now we're at a point where I think, I mean, I'll, I'll see Scott in the gym and I'll say one or two things to him and he, he can just take one look at me and he's like, oh, you're ready to evolve. You're, you're shedding your skin. I know it. <laughs> I've seen this a hundred times. I've seen this episode before. Um, so there's definitely, I think there's a, there's a tier of systems and processes that you got to go through to be an effective leader an effective coach mm-hmm. and understanding that everyone goes through those differently and it looks different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so being, so being flexible. Yeah. Meeting people yeah, where no they are like is that. huge, totally huge. Yeah. And I love, um, If
1: only people could have heard the Ron I met versus what you just said. Mm. I mean, crazy evolution, Ron. Kudos to you, man. I mean, you're defining coaching, mentoring, and advice giving to which you thought had no value or didn't even exist five years ago. I mean, yeah, it's wild to think about. It's wild to watch. I mean, it's wild to watch. Linda, crazy. And I forgot I asked you to read The Alchemist. My mentor asked me to read The Alchemist 20 years ago and do what makes your heart sing, right? And that was Pat D'Alella, Linda. And oh, interesting! crazy, crazy evolution. So thank you for allowing me a front row seat to all of this, Ron, because, and I hope yeah. it continues. I really love watching where you're headed, what you're doing and how you're, Applying what's right for you with the people around you, and happier still that you're able to dismiss the bullshit and decipher mm-hmm. what makes sense for you. And that's what yeah. I think you just spent a lot of time describing. And that's really important for everyone. There's mm-hmm. not a dollar sign on that, there's just not. It's a heart saying. Yeah. And the dollar signs come and the opportunity resurfaces. Right. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. Absolutely. Well, and there were some great messages in there for managers as well. I think, you know, uh, I think what you brought forward there too. And I think the hardest part when you're in a management leadership role is um, you have to learn how to check your ego Um, because that's usually what ends up happening to your your point there, Ron, on wanting to like guide and direct and force um, in a specific direction. And that really is not the role of either a manager or a leader is to to force uh, it, it or to push an agenda. And uh, they are there to guide and lead and mentor and help you grow in those positions. Um, and I think that that, that is a skill, um, to your point, that needs to be nurtured and grown and, and taught over time. And oftentimes people are in those roles because they were good at their job, not because they were good at managing people. You know, they didn't have that relationship skill. And so, you know, there's a good lesson in all of that as well with what you said. So
1: incredible. Absolutely. Linda, did you want to fire off the last three questions to kind yeah, of wrap up yeah. our show? Yeah, yeah. So, and um, fun?
0: so Ron, we like to absolutely. We always like to end the show with three questions, and sure. so, um, so the first one is, what's a common myth about your job or field of exp- of expertise? Like, what what do people just think about that?
2: The common myth, you know, I would say the first thing that flashed into my head was um I'll just talk about like sales in general. Mm -hmm. Um the most common myth to me is that it's um it it, it's like uh I don't even know how to how to articulate this, but it's sleazy and it's um it's all about persuasive and dark psychology and all that. No, it's not. It's about solving problems. It's about listening to people. It's um especially in when it, in my specific area of b2b or b2g B2, business to government 99% of it is nodding your head and going okay tell me more okay yeah. I, my goal has always been when i was when i was a sales rep an individual contributor my goal has always been to set up a meeting with a prospect without even saying the name of where i'm calling from yeah oh, i like that all yeah. I was doing was listening to their problems and at the end gaining enough trust to say, you know, it makes sense. And, yeah. um, I think, uh, to wrap it up, I'll say the myth is it's how well you can talk. It's how well you can listen.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. That's really good. Uh, cause yeah, people do uh, definitely have some preconceived notions about sales. So I, I like that. That was a good one for sure. I know I did. I've learned a lot over yeah. the last 15 years working with salespeople and, um, uh, you're right. It's totally different than what totally I Totally
1: different. It,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, totally different.
1: The day of the used good car salesman bad. is over,
2: maybe.
0: Oh, my god. <laughs> That's goodness. what I was yeah.
2: picturing, the slick back hair. Yeah. The yeah. Top. This this baby can do anything. and it's That's like, right.
0: If I got a deal for
2: you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, right, right, totally right, 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 <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, no, it's very true. I like that. That was a good one. Um, so what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career thus far?
2: Mm. So many. Um, I would say the most important lesson has been in a word accountability. And what I mean by that is understanding what I can control and pointing all my firepower there instead of, all right, what, let me just go ahead and worry about all these things I can't control. Um, It's a waste of time. Um, doesn't get me any closer to my goal, and I think with if you are focused on the outcomes of things you cannot control there's what you're subconsciously doing, I believe is exiting from the accountability portion, so it's a yeah. safeguard built in like well yeah. i I'm worried about it, this is all I care about eh, it didn't go my way, not my fault, yeah, I like so that. I want to be able to say nope, that was on me, good or bad, and um Have that accountability piece to it, so I constantly am clinging to things that are within my control, and uh, within that larger lesson has been a subset of many smaller lessons. But I'll uh, I'll give you that one.
1: Well, to that I like that.
0: That's a great one. Well, and
1: to that end, I think that those who pay attention to figuring out what they can control, and Mm -hmm. as you put it, putting their firing power on that, will ultimately have the systemic reach to the positive side of what you can't yeah. control. So yeah. you actually get both sides of that coin if you stay in your lane.
0: Yeah. If you yep. jump out That's of your lane true.
1: then nothing gets done and it all becomes a mess and so I just wanted to highlight that I agree with you on that and it's a, it's a really good lesson for people to realize that staying accountable and in your lane will actually affect those things you think you want to control that you would never have control over anyway most likely Absolutely. to your benefit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, when I thought it was an interesting perspective that you um, that you brought into that. And that sometimes if you take that approach of worrying about all the things you can't control, it does erase the accountability because mm-hmm. you're on um, um, side of that. And I, that's a very um uh, wise uh, perspective uh, on that, that I'm suspecting most people haven't thought of it through that lens. And so that that was really good. Um, nice little nugget, I think, for yeah, very. on that one, for sure. Ron's yeah.
1: got all the nuggets.
0: All the nuggets, yeah, nuggets. no, it's good. Yeah, yes, definitely an old soul. I totally agree. So, my last question for you um, for today is: What's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life?
2: Mm. Active listening. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, I remember, and this is this is kind of goes back to the partnership, relationship, synergy. I remember when I was just starting to learn the skills of sales, even as a personal trainer. Yeah. Um, I started communicating differently in my personal life as well. What I mean by that is specifically, Hey, what do you mean by that? Like, tell me uh, more, help me understand, walk me through it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think active listening piece i I would choose that above all else because it's applicable to outside the four walls of your office it's you know it's uh it has reach everywhere and if you apply it everywhere you're gonna be on the right track pretty soon um if you're not already so I would say definitely active listening um and to throw another one on there is just empathy too um I know yeah. it's more of a yeah. uh a quality but I, you know being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes it's actually a very very useful tool in solving a problem yeah. um because you get to see it through a whole new scope so i would say active listening and empathy which to a lot of people might be like from someone in sales like no way but <laughs> again <No>. the myth. <laughs> Well, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely the myth. Yeah.
1: In my studies, and I, can, I won't be able to quote the study, I won't be able to tell you where I learned it, but there is a percentage, very high percentage of leaders interviewed that said their number one skill, their number one required skill for successful leadership is empathy combined with compassion. That's yeah. the number one skill. So, you know, I've always sort of resonated that I don't know where the study was, I don't know whatever. but So I buy into what you're saying, because I Mm -hmm. totally believe that that gets overlooked a lot in what people think they're aspiring to be as leaders.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. And active listening, Mm. such a critical skill that is lacking in the world today. So, So yeah, being present and Actually hearing what someone is saying um, is, and you're right, that is actually a critical skill in sales, because if you're going to be good at it, you have to actually hear what the customer is saying, not what you want the customer to say. So, right. you see um, a lot so of people waiting for their
2: turn to talk. It's yeah, like, you're yes, not yeah,
0: yeah. It's true. No, it's very, very true. So those are two very, again, very wise. So I'll buy into the old soul, old soul theory for <laughs> sure. So yeah, Ron, it has been such a pleasure. I can definitely see why Scott wanted to get you on the show. Um, I yeah. think what you provided today was just um, so great. And what an amazing story. Um, and just where you are right now, you still have so much life ahead of you and so many more opportunities. I can't wait to see where your, where your journey takes. Yeah, right. you'll come back Especially and visit like us one Scott.
2: day, Ron, please. Yeah. Yes absolutely absolutely Absolutely. another five years who knows you know i that's right that's that's what i learned i can only hope Uh, you never know (laughs) you don't
0: (laughs) you never know that's right you definitely
2: don't thank you for being here thank you so much this has been great thank you guys for having me this was this was awesome um my first podcast it was an honor uh, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't job. think of uh, anyone else I wanted to do it with. So uh, <laughs> I it. Love it. Um, thank you.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you so much. It's been a, uh, been a great one. So, so Good. yeah, thanks to everyone. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. An unconventional guide to success is an inspirational motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Missigatis recorded on riverside.fm music editing and production by Logan Missigatis check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.